Hey everybody and welcome back to the Macro Compass. This is pretty much the moment of truth. Market pressures on US banks are now spreading to Europe, where the already troubled Credit Suisse asked for Swiss government for help and got a liquidity boost. Investors are asking the tough questions now, which means the moment of truth looms large. This is when you need a data-driven, holistic macroanalysis, which is crucial to correctly answer these questions. So in this piece, we will review the current banking situation, assessing the widely different degree of tightness in regulatory and accounting frameworks between the US and Europe, we will dig up the real metrics that you need to monitor when assessing the vulnerability that banks have to higher interest rates. Spoiler, no, looking at L2 maturity bond losses is not enough. Most importantly, we will conclude with the big picture macro take on this banking situation. And therefore, practically speaking, the important changes in our macro ETF portfolio allocation. Nothing like a front page of The Economist to tell us that we have moved to the panic phase. Today, The Economist front page says, what's wrong with banks? And we all know The Economist is a good contrarian indicator, or at least when something ends up on the front page of The Economist, it means widespread panic is running uh, wild in markets. So let's review where we stand, starting from the U.S., the U.S. banking regulation and accounting frameworks have some pretty big flaws. Let me summarize them for you. Number one, if you're a bank below $250 billion in assets, you can act pretty much like a cowboy. There is no need to adhere to the net stable funding ratio, which is a rule that forces large banks instead to have a good proportion of their liabilities in sticky long-term funding, which limits liquidity risk. If you're a small bank, below $250 billion in the US, you don't need to adhere to this. Also, you don't need to stick to the liquidity coverage ratio, which means that you can buy a disproportionate amount of less liquid securities on your balance sheet. The problem here is that a $249 billion balance sheet bank is not small. Let me give you a reference. A top three German bank has a balance sheet of about $200 billion. Yes, a top three bank in Germany. Now, this means that this lacks regulatory treatment for what the US considers to be small, but they're not so small banks, is very dangerous. Number two, even if you're a large bank, the accounting treatment for hedging interest rate risk in HTM bonds, in L2 maturity bonds, are terrible. So hedging is disincentivized. In L2 maturity, you have friendly accounting for bonds, you can book them there. You could forget about them because they're valued at amortized cost. Prudent risk management would still suggest that you hedge the interest rate risk though, but the US accounting framework disincentivizes interest rate hedging on health to maturity bonds, which is completely nuts. But now the cherry on the cake, number three, which I just dug up for you guys. No proper interest rate risk stress testing in the US, and this is out of this world. Because as we will discuss, Europe has a quite extensive framework, but also the UK, to stress test the interest rate risk that banks are taking on their aggregate balance sheet. 
In Europe, this is called IRRBB, interest rate risk in banking books, and there's a stress test on that. So is the US stress testing requiring capital to be set aside and thresholds not to be exceeded from their banks on their interest rate risk they're running on the entire balance sheet? The answer is it's not. And as you can see in the piece, even the IMF is calling US regulator out on the topic extremely timely a while ago. The red box says that the IMF found no specific capital is being set aside against a change in interest rates, nor any supervisory limits are set. And given the stage of the US economic cycle, the inherent interest rate exposure is high and there are particular concentrations in the small bank sector. This looks prescient with hindsight, but it's the IMF simply calling out US regulators for not having a proper stress test on interest rate risk. Take a second to reflect on how bad this is. You have small US banks that are subject to much laxer regulatory requirements. You have now even large US banks which are disincentivized from hedging interest rate risk on alto maturity bonds, and even worse, they are not subject to extensive stress testing on the overall interest rate risk they run on their balance sheet. Europe has a much tighter regulatory standard and accounting framework, but yet the panic seems to be spreading there too, with the Credit Suisse story and also to the broader European banking sector. So here are the key questions. What's the correct approach to assess how and which US and European banks are really vulnerable to higher interest rates and liquidity risks? Most importantly, what's the big picture macro take here from this banking situation, medium term, and how do you position a long-term ETF asset allocation portfolio in this environment? If you want to answer to these questions and you have enjoyed this piece so far and you're eager to read the remaining part of this macro report, come and join the Macro Compass Premium Platform. You'll get access to the full-length piece, to many other full-length, timely pieces, updates in this very uncertain and volatile macro environment, and actionable investment strategy and much more. The second part of the piece, I updated my long-term ETF asset allocation portfolio. Now, check out which subscription tier suits you the most using the link at the end of the article or going on the website, which is themacrocompass.com. I will talk to you guys again very soon.